Praise God. Amen. We just welcome Dylan to the to the uh, Pentecostal Assembly of God. Amen. Tabernacle Praise Church. A place where people and God meet together. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Praise God. Finally say amen. Verse 13 says, Others mocking these men are full of new wine. But then verse 37, 39, the Apostle Paul, Peter responded, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And my title is, Don't Mock It, Your Children Need It. Don't mock it, your children need it. I said, don't mock it, your children. Lord, bless this service. I pray right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, in the name of the Lord. Let me see it. And I was thinking this weekend about the influence of my parents on me. How my parents influenced me. I could have believed in all kinds of gods. I could have worshipped stones. I could have worshipped birds and bees and animals. I could have become an atheist and agnostics. But somewhere my parents came in contact with God. I didn't say I did, I said they did. And whatever they contact with affected me. A man one time he stole something from his company and brought it home. He stole it and brought it home from the mine. He thought he brought something good and he could one day use it for his family. What he stole was an isotope. And he hid it in his bedroom and he hid it in the drawer. Well, you know, kids, kids like to go to parental stuff and rummage through it. They're not supposed to, but they do. Kids do those things. Put on mommy's shoes and mommy's dress and all that stuff and daddy's coat and go out and try to do all those stuff. But one by one, his kids got sick. And the wife got sick. And they couldn't figure out what has happened to the house. But somehow... While the parents brought something home that was going to destroy the entire family. And the children are innocent victims of collateral damage. It was not their sin. It was not their act. But they're going to suffer the consequences of parental wrong decision. And little by little they, they were dying off and they began to search the home. Can you see a radioactive thing? You can't smell it. You can't see it. And you can't scent it or say, well, here it is. It is almost invisible. But it's very destructive. And they found out that the kind of uh, disease and sickness the kids were having had to be radioactive. 
Well, they brought the, the, the instrument in the home and began to check and found out that there was a radioisotope in the home. And that little thing, even the size of a ballpoint pin point, can destroy this entire country. And I don't know what you're bringing in your home, but I want to tell you this, whatever is in your home can decide the future of you and your children. The Bible said when Pentecost occurred, the people began to mock. And that was skepticism. And they were doubting. Now, Peter began to address the mockers and said, This is not time for mockery. This is prophetic fulfillment taking place, and you're blessed to have access to what's taking place. And this was promised to you by the prophet Joel that God would make this happen. It is self-evident that children were not there. It was just parents. And the parents were the mockers. And then the Bible said Peter preached a tremendous message of their need for repentance and for forgiveness of sins and baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins and that they would receive the Holy Ghost. But here's the beauty of it all. He said the promise must not limit itself just to you, parents. The promise of God is for your children and your children, children, and all this to fall off. I was thinking about a man called Abraham. You know, you read it, you don't, you don't get this first in Genesis. Abraham met Melchizedek and gave him a tithe of all that he had. The Bible says he gave him a tithe of all that he had. And then Abraham walked away from Abraham ble- from Melchizedek blessed. And then Paul mentioned to us that Abraham blessing did not stop with him. The act of Abraham was to affect Isaac, was to affect Jacob, right down to the tribe of Levi. I'm taking the power of parental influence. The blessing should not stop at mommy and daddy. It should be passed right down to the lowest denominator in the family, the last kid in the family to have access to the blessing. It said the promise is to you and to your children, children. Now folks, but don't forget, if you have a coin in your pocket, there are two sides to it. And there's always two sides to every story. If you flick your coin, maybe get a head or a tail. I'm not sure what you call it. Head or a tail. But there are two sides to it. And just as Abraham affect down to Isaac and Jacob and Levi, hello, I see Adam's mistake affect his offspring. Right now to you and me today. We are children of Adam. Got his corrupt image, his nature, his problems, and going to die just like he's going to die. And they call that predisposition. Now I'm here to tell you tonight, today, that predisposition can prove to be a lie. Predisposition says, if this was your mama, this got to be you also. Predisposition said, if that happened to your daddy, it could happen to you also. And therefore, you can't escape being that. My friend, 
You don't have to be that if you get this. Because this can change you from that. You don't have to live a predisposed life. And you don't have to hear this saying, once an alcoholic kid, always an alcoholic. Now church, I'm alarmed, I'm alarmed how in Genesis chapter 5 and 6, it says men multiplied on the face of the deep. They multiplied, men is like fly, they were kids all over the place. And so they should, because God told them to. God said, be fruitful and multiply. But then, next thing I know, God's upset. <laughs> and God says, I'm going to destroy all of mankind, because of what mankind is doing. And then the Bible said, he gave Noah a plan to build an ark. And said, build me that ark, and that ark is to save the entire humanity that want to go on it. God was an optimist. The size of the ark he built was not what happened. Church, would you please go check your Bible? It says, man lived to be 969 years on earth. And they had sons and daughters. And my question is, where were the sons and daughters on the ark? Somebody got to tell me, please. Why are they not on the ark? All I find is eight adults. A man and his wife and his overgrown sons. Shem, Ham, and Japhet. These weren't kids. These were boys, men big enough to marry the wife. So they weren't kids. My question is, where were the young, young tattlers? Where were they? Where were those little infants? Where were those babes? Why were they not on the ark? I don't believe those kids make a decision not to go on the ark. I believe somebody made a decision for them. And I'm here to tell parents today, you did not just make a decision for yourself. You made one for your children also. And whether you like it or not, when you take up that sour grape and put it in your mouth, your kids are going to have their teeth sit on edge. You can't say, well, I'm going to do this, but I don't want to my kid. You don't have a choice. Because a thing called a visitor, it called your sin, is going to visit your children. Whether you like it or not, your sins are going to visit your children. The Bible says, Abraham made a horrible mistake. And about to deny his wife. And denying his wife, he said, she's my sister. He lied. He did lie. And cowardly handed her over to strangers. And walked away. But that's not my issue here. That same lie resurfaced in Isaac. Exact response to the same event. That tells me your sin does visit your children. 
Don't look at me as if I'm crazy. I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm a theologian telling you that sin of the parents visit the children. And when the Bible said the promise is to you and to your children, children, it was to reverse predisposition. And said, if you see Pentecost in a different light than a mocker and a skeptic, then the impact of your belief going to affect their children. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm going to prove it to you. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you may not know this, but it says, the parents sanctify the what? The children. Hello? Now, I didn't make this up here. It says, and if that's not so, then might as well quit preaching. It says here in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, go there, please, put it on the board. Amen. Must I say amen? Verse 14. For the unbelieving is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. I mean influence. Hello? Or else your children be what? Be what? No, I didn't write that. Unclean. Unclean. And when you think about it, Cain continued the rebellion that was in his parents, Adam and Eve. Cain didn't just rebel against God. They learned that from Adam and Eve. And the Bible said, sin even went a little further. Amen. And decided to make him a vagabond and a cut off from God. The power of parental influence. Isaac faced the sin of Abraham. Cain faced the sin of Adam. And the sons of Jacob, notice your church, committed the same sin that he committed with Isaac. He deceived Isaac. Did he not? And lied to him about who he is. And lied to him about the situation. And what did his son did to him about Joseph? Lied and had him for 18 years believing a lie. Hello, somebody. It followed him down to his own sons. They did the same thing he did. Back to him. All because the sin of the parents visited him. Now Esau, he hated Jacob with a perfect hate. Despised him, couldn't stand him. And if you look at your Bible... Amalek is a grandson of Esau. And the Amalekites, who do they hate? All offspring of Israel. That's amazing. Now church, if you understand this, and your mommy and daddy is, I don't care how big your kids are or how small they are, you have a responsibility to make sure they're saved. You have a responsibility to, to agonize at an altar for them. You don't have time to mock me or mock the church. 
or mark what we're prophesying to you. Because the more skepticism you have, is the less chance of your kids being saved. The more you lost your tongue, that's the stuff that chances of being saved is remote. Hello? The Bible said that Lot couldn't submit himself to Abraham. And Lot went down to Sodom. Abraham in mercy rescued him several times. Hear me, church. Several times Lot was rescued. And then Lot had kids. Two girls. You with me? And God said to Abraham, If I find five, I'll not destroy the place. Well, God didn't find what he wanted, but still for, for the sake of Abraham, God had mercy on him. Because that was Sarah's brother in problems. And God wanted to have mercy on him. You know, and so God sent him to get out of here, and God brought them out. Are you with me? But when you notice, friend, will the time come for the incestuous daughters of Lot to change, they behave in conflict exactly as Lot was to Abraham. My God. Life doesn't stop when the umbilical cord is cut. The influence is still there. And the Bible says the sins are going to visit. But I got news for you, honey, that it doesn't have to be one where you are in a situation that you are a victim beyond your capability. Nobody in this church is hopeless. Nobody in this church is powerless. Nobody in this church is worthless. Nobody in this church is helpless. Nobody is powerless. You can change. You've got the power to make the difference. I don't care what hole you came from. I don't care what pit they dug you out of. I don't care what situation you're familiar with. You've got the power of a promise from God. The promise is unto you. You can claim the promise and not claim the past. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad. I'm not condemned to my parents' mistakes. Jacob deceived his father and his son deceived him. Abraham lied about his wife and his son did the same. David had moral problem and brought the sword in his house. Hello? Brought the sword in his house. In effect, listen now, Solomon, Absalom, Ammon, and let's go all down to his very grave. Direction. You can tell the sword not in my house. I'll tell you how to do it. Get that blood on your post. And he can't enter in. When the death angel came by, he could not enter in. Because the blood of Jesus Christ was applied to your life. He can't come in. You can change the situation. Example, Pastor, Ruth did. There might be a Ruth in this building. You need a revelation. Mommy and Daddy made a mistake. But you don't have to. 
can raise up this morning and say, I want Yahweh to be my God. I want that people to be my people. I want that land to be my glory land. I want that altar to be my altar. And Ruth turned things around. Praise God. There might be a Ruth in this place. Do you know Uriah was a Hittite? You know what a Hittite is? God said, wipe them out. Maybe you should have been wiped out, but God brought you in. Hello? God could spew you and me out, but He brought us in. And Uriah became one of the mighty men of valor in David's army. Amen. He came from a background of people discouraged, discontented, in debt, and demoralized. But when you come in God's presence, honey, the promise is yours. The joy of the Lord can become your strength. You can turn things around. <coughs> Hello? Abraham, blessing can come upon you. Do you know that Jonathan rejected his father's sin? Hello? And Jonathan's good behavior affected Mephibosheth. When Saul's house was being destroyed and getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, David said, is there somebody from the house of Jonathan that God can send home with a blessing? I don't know how you came in this morning, but you can go home with a blessing. You don't have to take the curse of a sword in your house. You can take over the blessing of David with you. He said, is there anybody? You know why David was so kind to Jonathan? Because, son, because Jonathan had left behind a legacy on which his son could live off. And they said, bring Jonathan, bring Mephibosheth over here. And Mephibosheth thought, for sure he's going to kill me. He was thinking predisposition. Hello? But God was trying to tell him repossession. You can repossess what was taken from you. He said, now, I'm just a dead dog. Why do you want to see me? He said, oh, no, no, no. Your father left behind an influence that's affecting you, honey. And you're going to sit right here at the king's table. And you're going to have servants of servants. I'm going to give you back all that your father lost because he... Come on, somebody. Because Jonathan did not follow his daddy, but changed the script and took the right stand, and God blessed his offspring. I'm going to tell you, if you've got kids, you need to be in this church. I said, if you've got kids, you need to be in this church, because you're going to affect your children, children. It's time to get on the ark, and don't be a skeptic. Don't be a mocker. Be a praiser. Be a worshiper. Participate in what I offer you. God is trying to tell you, come on in. Hallelujah. Agar despised Sarah. Hello. And this brother grew up and despised Israel. Hello. I'm going to tell someone right here. There's a Bible, a man in the Bible, I love him. Hallelujah. His name is, listen now, Eliam. 
He is the son of Ahithophel. Hello. Iliam is the son of Ahithophel. Now, if you don't know your Bible, it'll mean nothing to you. Read those genealogy again. He's one of David's mighty men. Iliam. And the Bible says Ahithophel was angry at David over Bathsheba. Hello. Hello. And he's a son of Ahithophel who's angry with David. Kids, your parents may be mad with the church. That don't mean you got to join them. Your parents may despise the faith, but you have a revelation. You have a dedication to God. And mama may not like it, and daddy may not like it, but you got to love it. Ahithophel hung himself. But the Bible said God hang on his grandson or his son medals of honor. I'd rather God hang on me in the badge of honor than me hang myself by a rope. Hello. Amen. I said hallelujah. And so the Bible said he made a constant decision. If you ever read your Bible, it's going to tell you that in the scripture that a guy called Korah rose up and he didn't like decisions that Moses made. I want to tell you folks, all you that love to chew preacher up, I promise you, you better be careful. You backbite preacher and, and, and hold the people, you're going to pay with your children. Uh-huh. That's right. You're going to pay with them. And Korah rose up and uh, resisted Moses. Moses, okay, fine, go ahead. You want to take it all? Moses had got several hundred to follow him. And then the Bible said, listen now, the Bible said, God called Korah, Moses, and said, stand right here. And something strange happened. Korah's son did not stand with his dad in rebellion the sons of Korah stood with the God called preacher and said daddy I love you but you ain't gonna be my daddy in this case I'm taking a stand for God and this is where the line is drawn and when they said that immediately the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and all that stood with him. And guess who became the choir leader? The sons of Korah. If you've got kids, you better make sure you're calling an extra secure. It's going to affect your offspring. You better plant good seed. You better make what sure you're sowing. Hallelujah. Make sure Mephibosheth is blessed in your life. Hello, somebody. And, and, and the Bible said, Send the, to the chief medicine, the son of Korah. Before I close, a little girl, her father's name was Jephthah. Jephthah, was born as an illegitimate child. And Israel despised him. 
because he wasn't fully Jew. And they reject him. Go to war. And they're scared to go. And so the Bible said, someone said, let's get Jephthah. He's a mighty man of valor. And they go to get him. He says, come, come lead us, please, in the battle. He said, no, not me. You guys don't want me because of my past. You blame me for my parents' problem. So you blame me for it. And the Bible said, he went to pray. And God said, go defend them. And God says, you're going to win the battle. He said, God, if I win the battle, everything I have in my house, I'll give it to you. I give it all to you if you just let me win the battle. Little did he know the person who would be the first thing out of his house was going to be his little girl. He won the battle and he's going home excited. I'm going to tell my daughter, I won the battle. Woo! We won, we won, we won. And they want to make him king. He said, Oh no, I'm not going to be king. God is king. Let God be king. But he goes excited. He said, Daughter, guess what happened? And the first thing that came out of his house, guess what it was? His little girl. And he fell on his knees and started screaming. And she got tambourine dancing. She said, Daddy, 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 Daddy. She said, You won the war. He said, Oh, my daughter. Oh, my child. You have hurt me today. She said, What's wrong, Daddy? You won the war. You don't understand, girl. And she discerned and says, Daddy, if you made a vow to God, don't change it. Daddy! Daddy! Don't disappoint God just for me. You made a vow to God. Keep that vow! Even if it means sacrificing me. And she impacted her daddy so well that Israel made a holiday in her name. Now, church, look at the contrast. Eli's boys were bad boys. Eli knew they were doing bad stuff. And Eli, instead of disciplining them, condone it. And the people complain to him, and he just self-peddle it. And God said, all right. You and your son are going to have the same fate. Hello? Hello? Don't forget, Lot became a caveman, and his daughters became what? Cave girls. Where are you taking your kids? Where do they go? What on earth are you raising up your kid for? To the slaughterhouse? For drugs? For alcohol? Eli could not bring his sons to be in submission to God's word. And the Bible says, when, you know, this is interesting. Remember, I'm a people in church. When a pastor preaches and they don't like it, they go home and they quarrel and they complain. And those poor kids do this. Look. Watch your kids. And they're feeding their kids rebellion. And their kids are being poisoned. Well, you know, that pastor don't understand. He's got no kids. That pastor, da, 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 da. 
I've heard it before. And he shouldn't have done that. And he got no right. Well, what do you know what he's got a right to do? Did God talk to you? Hell! And the Bible says there's a pot. And whatever that pot bring up, that's what you take home. They said, no, we don't want that. We want it our way. We don't want it. And they wouldn't let it happen. And they would fight the people and take what they wanted. And commit sin with them. And God was quiet. And God said, Samuel, Samuel, in the wing there's a mother doing the right thing while the other was doing the wrong thing. She took little baby Samuel and took him to God and said, come on, boy. I prayed for you and now you belong to God. Children that raised in Sunday school won't end up in jail. Won't end up in drugs. Won't become porn king. Amen. Because God's going to be in their heart. God be in their soul. And God's going to be there all the time to counteract what they're going through. Amen. Amen. You're influencing your son and your daughter. And the Bible said, God said, Samuel, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. Eli. Now that's a hard thing for a little boy to know. He's so young. What can you do about it? Nothing. He's a priest right there, bigger than he is. Consider on him. <laughs> but God's telling him what's going on. God said, they're not living right. They're doing wrong stuff. And I'm going to hurt the boys and him on the same day. Make a long story short. Let's stand. You know what happened? The same day the boys got killed, the father dropped dead. And I want to tell you, I believe Eli was a good man. But his only sin was he wouldn't take a stand for his child. And God says, Eli, you prefer your kids above me. Hello? I'm calling on the Noahs in this church to save their kids. I'm calling on the Joshua in this house to save their kids. Quit your compromising. Quit your feathering their wrongdoing. Quit your pacifying. Quit your excusing their wrong. And deal with that. And that they might be saved and be sanctified. I want to find the Jacobin that's in this church that's going to say, I'm going to hide my kid from the king's wrath. Amen. You're not going to visit my son with danger. I want the Sarah in this church right now. I don't want no tattoo on my kid. I don't want my kid paint himself. I don't want my kid body pierced. I don't want my kid with a punk rock air style. I don't want my kid hanging around drug addicts. I don't want my kid, amen, walking like a fool. Hey, my kids are different. Because I want to tell you, friend, when sin visited those kids, they shut the door and said, wrong Address. 
You're not going to come to my house. Wrong address. You're not going to visit my children. Wrong address. You're going to divide my baby with a sword. Wrong baby. You'll cut my baby's affection for God. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm going to save my kid because the promise of God is for my sons and daughters too. I don't want no Hezekiahs around here. Well, I'm saved, but my kids are not saved. No way! They're both going to be saved! But he is the angel told Lot, it's not good that you're saved. Go bring the in-laws out. Go bring the sons out. Go bring the son-in-laws out. That's what the angel said. It's not good that you're saved and they're lost. You should be concerned. You should be praying about it. You should be claiming the promise for them. You should be crying for them. And say, oh God, save my children. Save my son-in-law. Save my daughter-in-law. Save my... Save them, please. I want to tell you something, folks. I was in one state. And the guy didn't like me from that day and forward. He didn't like me anymore. I was a good mentor to him for a long while. Until he asked me a question, I didn't like it. I gave him an honest answer. He said, look, I'm going to cut my services back to one service on Sunday. What do you think? I said, yeah. And what will they do when they stay home? And where will they go? Do you rather your people have television more than heavenly vision? I want to tell you, honey, when Jesus comes back, he's going right to the church. He's not coming to your house. He said, my house. So I said, and I feel myself, well, you know what? If I said not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves. Seven days in a week, and you can't find one day to be faithful to God? You know why God gave the Sabbath? To teach you that you need to find time for God before He don't find no time for you. Here is Elijah taking up in heaven Elisha follow him and receive the mantle of anointing hello my friend New York told me last night he said Pastor Neil I got bragging rights I said I just preached a while ago and I, I have a feeling some don't like it that's their problem and he quoted the same things I quoted. I thought, that's what God wants around the world. Well, I preach the same thing. You criticize me, but God said, no, do it again. Hallelujah. God. God wants lifted up. And so, here, folks, hear this. A bunch of kids came out and cried, Go up, ball head. Does your kids respect the ministry? 
Does your kid respect the house of God? Do they respect the Word of God and the worship of God? Hello? And the 50 kids came out and said that. You know where it came from? Read Chronicles. The parents mocked the prophets, misused them, abused them. And God said, you abuse grace too long. You abuse my goodness too long. And God said, now it's time to act. And those 50 kids got killed. It was not right that they should die. But somebody didn't teach them worship. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. For the promise. All God's children have a right to shout. If you've got sons and daughters, you should be at this altar right now. Especially if they're not saved. Because the angel said, Do you have any in the city that's not saved? Bring them out. Would you buy his right now? Influence. Influence. Your children. I know Abraham, he will influence his children that they might be saved. Abraham had one son, and he made it Isaac. Jacob had 12 sons, and they made it. I don't know how many you've got, but I hope they all make it. I want your sons to make it. I want your children to make it. Would you come down this aisle? I want your in-laws to make it. I want your wife to make it. Lord Jesus, they've got to be saved. They've got to be saved. They've got to be saved. They've got to get on the boat. My kids got to be saved. They've got to be saved. I must be saved for Jesus save forgive me Lord out of all my Jesus, I must be saved. I must be saved. I must be saved. For Jesus, save for Lord, out of all my sin, I must before I pray, it would be unfair 
for God to let this happen. He teach I must be faithful to his house. I show up on Tuesday, Friday, Sunday twice, witness for God. And you who claim to be Christians, do none of the above. And you and I sit in the same kingdom in heaven. It's not going to happen. Revelation says, and the book was open. Ezra said, and the children's name that could not be found were counted as what? Polluted and unclean. If you think God going to let you in, you're wrong. He said, well done, thou good and faithful. You're faithful. And faithful parents are going to raise faithful kids. Because Timothy had the faith of his mother. And that mother got it from her grandmother. And was in that son. And that's what we're all about. We want to transfer our influence in that child. That they may be saved. I want to tell you. A doctor make a mistake. They bear their mistake. A preacher made a mistake. And put you in hell. You can't get out. That's why we got to be careful. And we, we welcome the kids to come to church. Be thankful. Don't you grudge those kids. My pastor told me his neighbor was going to the same church he does. Now, church, you hear me? Amen. When you get together with your parties and your birthday celebrations, and you start to argue about the church doing things, and you talk back and forth, Watch your lips. What they say. Because this family told the pastor's wife. I mean parents that your son don't have to do that. They can do. Come on man. He just, he's young and don't stand. Da 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 da. And the pastor says. His mom told him. The preacher preach it. That settles it. Send your kid wherever you want to. But don't cut mine in. I'm going to stay with the proven. I'm going to stay with the truth. I'm not following the crowd. I'm following the vision. I'd rather the cloud than the crowd. I don't want the, the crowd. I want the cloud. I want to make it to heaven, honey. I want to go and Jesus come. And I want my kids come with me. They're coming with us. They're going there with us. They're not going to be left behind. Well, you know what happened? The man that God is preaching today and there was some of the dope addict. He's locked up in prison for life. Lord Jesus, right now, you asked me to preach this today, and I preached it. I have no idea who's grasping it, and that's your prerogative, Lord. But I sure did not waste a sermon. Because there's coming a day when the small and the great, the young, the old, the babes, the adults, are going to stand before God. And everybody must give an account. And I pray, Lord, in that day, that our children will not cry. Says, Mama, Daddy, why didn't you tell me? I pray that will never be the situation. But I pray, God, that they'll be rejoicing like those children who broke down palm leaves and wave and sang and worshiped God. And you told the Pharisees, 
the day they hold their peace, the rock's going to cry out. I'm so glad in this church, our children is crying out to you. Thank you for parents that will stand with the man of God, stand with the preaching, stand with the doctrine, stand with the standard, stand with the decisions that are made on behalf of the church, and not criticize it and flatter it now with their lips, God, but realize, God, we stand in defense of their family, that their family might be saved. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I say in Jesus' name.